Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. The folk star Shane McGowan, of course, best known for the Christmas hit fairy tale of New York, has died at the age of 65. He had been ill for, for quite some time, but the news, of course, just confirmed in the past few minutes today. Danny McElhinney from the Irish Daily Mail is with me here on Lunchtime Live. Danny, what can you tell us? Um, very, very sorry to hear the news, Andrea. It's It hasn't come as a complete shock because we knew he was ill for quite some time. Um, but he had been released from hospital uh, last week. So that can either be two ways as well. You know, it can either be that's as much we can do for you or he was on the upswing. But what what when Victoria Mary, his dear wife, um, brought in ex-members of the Pokes to visit him last week and released pictures and asked people to pray for Shane, it really sounded horrible to sad alarm bells for me that he was very much in the way out because he's been a great survivor, literally, over the past number of years of various illnesses, various falls and the lifestyle that he led over many, many years that people has, well, has been well documented by many, many people and I won't go into it, but like it did contribute to the illness that he had. He's a giant of Irish music, Andrea, and, and he will be seen as such forevermore. I mean, I know he had, he was born in Kent and moved to Ireland when he was six and then went back to England and had a very, very good education before he was kicked out. Um, so his, his, the fact that he's one of the best wordsmiths Ireland has ever produced says a lot because we have many he will be so sadly missed and we're coming up to Christmas yeah. the day that he was born was very till New York if it isn't number one this time on Christmas it'll be a miracle it's, I suppose it's, it's incredibly poignant Danny given the, the time of year and as you said like the Christmas hit fairy tale in New York as well sure it'll be played and every venue you know what every event every Christmas gathering now over the, the next couple of weeks as well Absolutely. It's a beautifully melancholy song. Um, I mean, it just evokes Christmas for me. I'm getting actually quite emotional talking to Andre because the news, the news is just broken. We're all very, very sad because he literally was a poet. And we've had so many, many brilliant Irish musicians who come from the folk realm. But he married folk and he married punk and rock and gave us this wonderful band called the Pogues. Yes, they had a fantastically chaotic lifestyle, particularly Shane, and they were celebrated and uh, lauded and talked about as much for their, their drinking and debauchery as anything else but the, if I've got all, all three albums by the Pogues that are worth having namely um, Red Roses for Me Rum Sodom and the Lash and If I Should Fall from Grace with God I've got them all in vinyl now and I'm telling you there are very very few songs on those albums that you would skip the the early album Red Roses for Me has you know some folk songs pumped up if you will like the Waxy's Dargal but then when it comes to, to Rum, Sodom and the Lash, particularly songs like The Thick Bed of Cucullin and Sally McClanahan, you see the poet coming through. I mean, Elvis Costello chose to work with the Pogues. That's also one of the best Anglo-Irish poet musicians, if you will, as well. Elvis Costello, also known as Declan Madison, he chose to produce the Pogues album. He chose to put his name and take a chance in this kind of rambunctious London Irish band and produced one of the best albums of the 80s, in my opinion. And the Pogues' legacy isn't just Shane's drinking or Shane's partying or Shane whatever else. It's the music. It's the poetry of his lyrics that will live on. Christy Moore was an early advocate, covered one of the Pogues' songs, Early Doors, was always advocating for Shane. When you get the likes of the Dubliners, very early doors, championing the Pogues, mm. doing something that they, they 
popularized first. You know that they're a great band. You know, I think the partying, the lifestyle overshadowed the greatness of the man. But as time goes on, we'll remember his music. We'll remember his poetry. That's Shane McGowan's legacy. Dave Brown is with us, Danny, as well. Um, Dave Brown, of course, singer with with Picture House. Dave, your, your reaction when you heard the news about Shane McGowan this lunchtime? Yes, yeah, just mirroring a lot of what Danny said there. Very, very sad to, to hear that. As I said, uh, I agree with Danny. It wasn't as it was unexpected. And, you know, the thing about, you must remember, I think, with, with Shane was as well, he, he was, uh, you know, a, a victim of alcoholism and that kind of thing. I'm sure it started off as fun with the band and all that at the beginning, but he was very, very much plagued by it, I think, for a lot of his life. But it didn't seem to, um, you know, have affected his output of music. And and, uh, like Danny said, they're much more uh, to be remembered as a poet and lyrics uh, lyrics writer and a wordsmith. You know, rather like in, in the sense that his singing was, you know, <laughs> I mean, I might get in trouble for saying this, but, it, you know, it was acceptable, but that's not what it was about. It was about the energy on the stage and the vibe of the band and the amazing words, you know, that he's left us with. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll, that'll touch everybody forever. I mean, I mean, Fairy Tale of New York in particular, I know that, that it's such a massive song and such a hit, but the reason for that is how it makes you feel when you listen to it. It just, every year when it comes on, and I'm sure your listeners and yourself would agree, yeah. you know, you never get sick of no. listening to it. It's one of the only Christmas songs, you know, in the world that you can just listen to over and over again. It's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's weird because I was just um, talking to my songwriting partner, Pete Glenister, in, 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 uh, in London, who was actually Kirsty McCall's producer, and I was in his house the day Kirsty died. That was around and, this uh, time of year as well, wasn't it? It, it, well, it, it, it's it's just weird that that's happened. It's a bit a bit surreal for me today, but you know, I, I mean, I think Danny's put everything quite uh, quite eloquently there. I mean, he he is just a wordsmith. The lyrics where he could take you to when he told you a story, and that's a very you know old Irish gift, isn't it? You know, of, of folklore and being able to tell a great story around the fires for years and. I think that's what Shane will be remembered for. How, how did he influence you, Dave? You know, and and, and your own um, singing career and songwriting career, and 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 through Picture House, like. Well, again, I mean, you know, we weren't very very similar as, as bands or as a style. But one thing I would say is that you know, Shane would 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 leave you awestruck at what a lyric can do. I mean, I know I keep saying that, Andrea, but it's kind of my connection with them as yeah. well what he and I had in common would be, you know, that we're lyricists and that's what we do. And, you know, he would, he set the bar very, very high for anybody coming after him that wanted to, you know, write anything that was poignant or could touch you. And, and uh, yeah, you know, you had to kind of deliver on, on that standard. So that's, you, you know, when, when you're following trailblazers like that, and I don't mean trailblazers as, as in um, Nights Out on the, on the Lash, but mm. I mean, you know, from a songwriting point of yeah. view, he set the bar very, very high for us all, I think. Brian Moorfield, Dave, from uh, The Wolf Tones, is with us here too on, <laughs> on, on Lunchtime Live. Brian, your your reaction to the news today oh, in the past? I, I, I was devastated when I heard the news yeah. because he's been a good friend of ours over the years. And, uh, you know, I think we met, first of all, way back here, you know, when we were playing in the National Ballroom in London. And I think uh, he was one of the bands that opened up for us back then. 
And then, you know, we've, uh, we've met one another over the years since then. And, uh, you know, he's always been a great friend, a great character, always had a laugh. And, uh, you know, his humor was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, we played, I think, Seems to Crush Lee together as well. And uh, I think at one stage, and then I, I, we done a late, late show together <laughs> quite recently. And uh, so we've had many, many great times. And he'll always have a fond spot in my heart. And what a writer. You know, he ju- just wrote some wonderful songs. I've never been at a session, uh, any session anywhere in the world where his song didn't come up. So that's really? a tribute to him, I think. You know, when, you know, we've been at sessions, you know, you go afterwards and have a couple of points and a, and a sing song or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fairy tale would come up or something uh, of Shane McCown, always part of the Irish session. So it's very much uh, part of Irish folklore at the moment. And I think that will live on forever mm. and ever. And that will be his legacy, to, in my view. His influence, Brian, on, on Irish music, you know, and for, for other artists that, and songwriters um, after him and over the years, like, what do you think he'll be best remembered for? Oh, well, definitely he'll be best remembered, I think, for Fairy Tale in New York. I think that's just a masterpiece. And, uh, you know, that'll go on forever and ever and ever. And... Uh, you know, a Christmas song will always be there. Yeah. I think that would be a huge legacy uh, left behind him. And not alone that, he's had some great works as well, which, of course, will will also be remembered. But, you know, uh, I think his humor, his dry humor, and uh, maybe many, many people may not know it, but because they saw the image of Shane McGowan on stage, which is totally different, of course, to the real man. And uh, the, the real man was just a nice guy, a lovely guy, and you'd have to love him. Well, it's 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 a lovely tribute, Brian. I think that you've uh, you've painted today, and I'm sure somebody else that that will agree with you is um, a good friend of Shane's, uh, BP Fallon, of course, musician as well, is is with us too, Brian. BP, t- tell us about the Shane McGowan that you knew and loved. Well, he was a complete and utter one-off. There'll never be another one exactly the same. Thank God in a way, but thank God not. Um, It's just, it's very, very sad. Um, Extraordinarily talented. When you'd be sitting down with that chap and you'd look at him and you realised he wrote these incredible songs. But the thing was, he was a very, very, very bright gentleman. In all different ways. I remember one time when he was staying at Sinead's and the two of us were watching this program called uh, The Making of an Album or whatever it is, which is a very interesting program. They play the tapes of, you know, bits and pieces, how so-and-so made a record. And it was on this absolutely appalling group called Journey. And then the next day, somehow in conversation, it came up and he was able to remember everything, all the little farty nothings about this crap group called Journey. He'd been looking at this thing and every little bit of it had gone into his head. Quite amazing memory and ability. When did you first meet or, you know, suppose really get to know Shane? Well, I kind of would bump into him in London 
during the punk years because he was he was a well-known face around London. You know, there's the famous story about how he supposedly had his ear bitten off at a Clash gig. Uh, but pretty rapidly he formed his group, the Nipple Erectors, uh, for want of right. um, peace, they changed it to the Nips. And they made some jolly good records. Um, and then, of course, came the Pogues. And the person who lit up my light for the Pogues was their manager, Frank Murphy. Um, Frank Murray, I do apologize. Frank Murray, who was very, very, had a wonderful vision of this group that nobody else had because other people thought they were just a bunch of loonies. But Frank, Frank Murray was able to make it into a viable proposition, to much to most people's amazement. Mm. The other attraction for me at the very beginning uh, was that Elvis Costello was going to produce them. And Elvis is not a person who gets involved in rubbish. Um, he's an he incredible knew. artist in his own right. Uh, and the fact that Frank Murray was managing them and Elvis was going to produce them uh, were huge magnets, and I went to see them uh, somewhere down the country, uh, and I thought they were incredible. One of the things that actually uh, I left with was that Spider, the whistle player, would bang a tray on the top of his head uh, during one song, and everyone thought that was fantastic. But slowly and surely, people realized, it sort of sunk into them, what incredible lyrics and melodies that this Shane McGowan fellow was putting out. And people realized that this guy was just something special, really special. Very interesting life. He was yeah. brought up partly in England, partly in Ireland, uh, went to some snooty school, I forget what it was, and got thrown out. Um, and actually was a very nice fellow. He's very funny. Uh, he DJed with me on a series of death disco gigs. I had this moving party called Death Disco, and Shane would be our DJ many a time. And he always chose incredibly cool records from Margaret Barry to the Royal Show Band. Now you might say, "Well, that's crap." Well, actually, it isn't. Um, Did I you... miss him. Of course, you will, BP. Did Did you keep in, t- in touch in 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 later years? I always sort of dribbles here and there, you know, because we're always doing something else. Yeah. But whenever I bumped into him, I was awfully happy to see him. When did you last speak to him or, 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 or meet him, BP? I'm not sure. I was trying to work that out now. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. A while back? Uh, not that long ago, but I could, couldn't put a date on it. Yeah. But he was he was in good spirits when, when you did last meet him? Uh, literally often, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, in good spirits is one way of putting it. Um, it's a very sad day, though. Some incredible yeah. writers come from Ireland, and he is in the lineage of that. And in years to come, people will go, oh my God, that Shane McGowan fellow 200 years ago, wasn't he incredible? He was. The whole thing, the whole band are incredible. This bunch of lunatics were incredible. And he was the singer until they fired him. Because um, it was just untenable. You know, Shane wasn't really in a 
fit state to be touring around America supporting Bob Dylan. Um, so he didn't. And then he formed, as I say, the, the, the uh, he had then his band, The Popes, yeah. who made some good records. And then Shade made that fantastic record with Sinead O'Connor, Haunted, which he'd done previously with The Popes. Uh, but the, worst, the version he did with Sinead was just absolutely yeah. gorgeous record because you had his sort of chalky voice and then Sinead's voice of an angel. And the two just worked together so well. And the Very two emotional uh, record, a, hu- a huge, you know, influence and in, and and loss to Irish music and the Irish music scene. Um, and and both both gone as well. You know, just it's incredibly sad year for the the Irish music music industry. Did you ever? Did you have a favorite BP favorite song of of Shane McGowan's? Um, I've 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 very much like um, a pair of brown eyes. I think that's beautiful. Um, Rainy Night in Soho. Others oh, tons. There's a, a bucket of them, full of them. Shane McGowan song. Yeah. You know. Um, pair of brown eyes. Among your favourites. I yeah. he, he texted in from a listener who says he was the most gifted songwriter. I absolutely loved Fairy Tale of New York. Rest in, in peace to Shane and thinking of his his uh, his wife and and family and friends. Um, another listener, you know, Shane and and Sinead, uh, both passed away. Loved their song Haunted as well. Two incredible talents. Another listener, I met Shane McGowan in London in the eighties. What a genius! He'll be another. Uh, there'll never be another Shane McGowan. Says this texter. Actually, for any of our listeners here today on Lunchtime Live. If you've met Shane McGowan over the years, maybe you, you worked with him if you're in the, the music industry. I'd love to hear your memories today. 1800 453 106. That is the number if you want to give us a call. We're going to stick with this, but uh, BP Fallon, BP, thank you for, for getting in touch with us. Brian Warfield as well, Dave Brown and uh, Danny McElhinney. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. And we're talking about the news in the last hour today that the Pogue star Shane McGowan, of course, best known for the Christmas hit that you, many of you will hear now, lots and lots of over the next number of weeks. Fairy tale in New York has died overnight at the age of 65. And I have a statement um, from Shane's wife, Victoria Mary Clark. And she says in the statement, she says, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Shane, who will always be the light that I hold before me and the measure of my dreams and the love in my life, the most beautiful soul and beautiful angel and the sun and the moon and the start and the end of everything that I hold dear has gone to be with Jesus Mary and his beautiful mother Teresa. I'm blessed beyond words to have met him and to have loved him and to have been so endlessly and unconditionally loved by him and to have had so many years of love and joy and fun and laughter and so many adventures. There's no way to describe the loss that I'm feeling and the longing for just one more of his smiles that lit up my world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your presence in this world. You made it so very bright. You gave so much joy so many people with your heart and soul and your music. We will live, you will live in my heart forever. Rave on in the garden, all wet with rain that you loved so much. You meant the world to me. And that's from Shane McGowan's wife, Victoria Mary Clark. Singer-songwriter Elnor McAvoy is with us here on the programme. Elnor, your reaction when you heard the news today? Oh, gosh. 
reading, you know, hearing Victoria's words there, just my heart breaks for her. It really does. Yeah. You know, she was 100% committed to him. She really was. Lovely you know, I guess, you know, the first, my first thoughts are, you know, he was first and foremost an amazing songwriter, you know, and he... He was a songwriter that was, you know, second generation Irish. He saw Irishness and wrote about Irishness in a different way to those of us who were born and brought up here. He did, you know, he had, he had that other perspective. He had that slight distance from Ireland that allowed him to be incredibly perceptive about us and about the Irish experience. And of course, about the Irish experience of first generation Irish, you know. Um, and like songs like, you know, Pear Brown Eyes, I mean, loads of them have been mentioned already, Ringing Night in Soho, Haunted by the Ghost Fairy Tale in New York. Like so many of them, you know, um, like I, I love, you know, the, the phrase that I'm really thinking of today, actually, that, that he said in, you know, in um, Ringing Night in Soho, he says, we watched our friends grow up together and we saw them as they fell. Some of them fell into heaven and some of them fell into hell. And it's it's something that you think of as you get older and you watch friends that you knew when you were young and, you know, what happens to us all. Um, and he was such a gentleman when you met him. You know, he was always lovely and kind and he was always so complimentary. And, you know, he'd always comment on, on you and whatever work you'd out at the time. You know, he always okay. kept up with stuff. Yeah. Um, and he was incredibly bright. You know, I'm not sure that ever that that always came across in interviews, but it did in person, you know, really, really bright man. And, uh, oh yeah, look, just an incredible songwriter. I'm, I'm heartbroken, I have to yeah. say. It's just very sad. The, it's, it's funny, you know, Eleanor, when you, when you talk about like some of the, the lyrics and the words from from his songs, like that, that's something that even from from chatting to uh, Daniel from from Picture House and and um, Brian Moorfield here in the show a little earlier, like everybody talks about the lyrics and and his his ability to just I suppose capture poetic language and and make incredible songs with with it. Yeah, but I think it's because he told the truth. He told the truth as he saw it and he didn't censor it and he didn't, you know, um, you know, I thought his whole reaction around all the controversy around Fairy Tale of New York there a couple of years ago about, you know, that there, there was a, a lyric there that was offensive to a lot of people. And he was incredibly sympathetic around that, you know, and whilst explaining that it was the character in the song that was being derogatory, she wasn't a great character. She was desperate and she was, God love her, you know, not in a great place herself. And, you know, whilst saying and look it's the character of the song it's been derogatory it's not me and yet he had no problem with the lyric being taken out or being altered you know and he said that because he understood as a compassionate human being that you know that that phrasing that wording might have upset a large part of our community and you know he wasn't down on people about it Mm -hmm. um you know he he was he was compassionate he was a very compassionate guy you know um yeah and it's just I don't know. I think he, and it is, you know, more the lyrics, I suppose, more than anything else that hit home with, with everybody. It's funny that everybody else you've been honestly saying the same thing same about the thing. lyrics, but yeah. God, he was a lyricist. He was an amazing man. <laughs> Colm is with us as well, Eleanor, Colm Coughlin, because your band supported the Pogues, Colm. Have I got Colm? No, I'll try and get, get Colm back in the moment. I've, Kira Dignam is on the line. Kira, how did you feel when you heard the news today? Oh, it's, it's very sad. Um, I, I, I'm actually out at the moment and I got a call off a friend of mine to say that he had died. And I, I had seen, obviously, like everybody had seen in the news the last few weeks of photographs and stuff going up with him in hospital. And then last week, seeing he went home and I was kind of thinking, 
I wonder is he going home to die or, or hopefully not hopefully he's feeling better and he's going home unfortunately it was it was he was going home to die but I know obviously because what I've been through myself with my family in the last few months um I'm sure I'm sure that was a wish of his to be at home same with my dad so I'm I'm glad for that for him that that he you know he wasn't in hospital when, where obviously everybody wants to kind of have their own you know to be at home and be with your family and have your own surroundings for that's a horrible time. I was just thinking of but you it, actually today, Kira, because you know between your your own dad earlier this year and and yeah. Sinead O'Connor as well. Like it's as we come to an end of 2023, it's a huge loss in the Irish music it industry. Is, yeah. yeah, it is. It's 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 not it's not a good year for Irish music when it comes to this. There's so many legendary people dying, um, and it does kind of bring that. When I heard it, was that little bit of a kind of sick feeling in your stomach because it brings those feelings back when it's still very raw anyway for us you know but um, and again I know I know exactly what his family and Sinead's family are feeling and going through because you do have that aspect of the public you're in the public eye and you're grieving in public and that makes it so much harder You met I'm sure Shane McGowan with your dad scared over the years I did yeah they, um, it was actually one night um, Bono got on to my dad to go into a studio in town late at night to record I think it was a ballad for Ronnie Drew at the time um, and like there was there was so many people there that night that I remember my dad saying if you were to drop a bomb in here tonight you'd wipe out the Irish Irish music scene like there was everybody there like like unbelievable legends Irish legends in music and poetry and um, like I remember Barney McKenna even played that night and himself and Shane were actually singing they were he played the the old triangle, and it was you could hear a pin drop. It was unbelievable. So to to witness being in a, in a room like that with these people was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely definitely a legend. I think we lost today, unfortunately. But I think as well with the like, obviously you can't talk about Shane McGowan without talking about Fairy Town, New York. Mm. Um, so I think with that, that was always. Like even at my gigs, that's something you'd always do. It's really? just, yeah, because yeah, I, I think sometimes you have the cheesy Christmas songs or whatever. But that was something that you had credentials. If you were going to sing a Christmas song, that's a that's a credible mm-hmm. song to sing, and it was such a such an amazing. Like Eleanor said, like he was a poet, an amazing songwriter. And um, so I think for somebody somebody to be able to write a song like that or Rainy Night in Soho, and um, to name but a few, like he was an absolute genius. It, it it is you know a point, Eleanor, just worth you know mentioning there as as Kira did, like and so eloquently talking about her her own dad and and her family, you know, dealing with this and the loss over Christmas. But like it it has been a really just a sad year for for Irish music. And uh, commiserations, of course, to, to Kira there. I'm sorry, Christy was a bloody legend as well. I loved him. <laughs> he was a great guy. Um, but. Yeah, it has been a, a tough year. And I have to say, I'm, I'm thinking about Kirsty McCall a lot today as well, because it was this time um, of year when she was killed as well. You know, a lot of them a long time ago, but it was the same time of year. And, you know, he was... Shane was just a, a brilliant collaborator. You know, he did so many collaborations, like with Nick Cave and obviously the Pogues and that, and, you know, Sinead and Moya Brennan, lovely collaboration with her. And, you know, he he was great at working with others as well. Um, uh and you know, you know, I, I suppose it's a tough time of year um, to lose somebody. <laughs> um, and I think when you on a year when you lose somebody, Christmas is always a tough time. Anyway, I always try and bear that in mind. You know, um, it can be a hard time of year. 
But yeah, sad, 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 sad today. I see a statement in from um, Thesha Clear-Varadkar as well. He says, so sorry that Jim McGowan has passed. He was an amazing musician, an artist. His songs beautifully captured the Irish experience, especially the experience of being Irish abroad. Um, Micheál Martin as well, devastated by the the passing of Shane McGowan, an iconic Irish musician, talented in many genres, particularly influenced by his time in Tipperary. His passing is particularly poignant at this time of year as we listen to Fairy Tale of New York, a song, of course, that resonates with all of us. Um, This texture says, We met Shane McGowan once. He did a gig in Blackwater in Wexford some years ago when he told us his favourite star or singer was of all people, Doris Day. He loved Keep your memories, your experiences coming into us here because uh, we're going to continue paying tribute to Shane McGowan on Lunchtime Live. But Eleanor McAvoy, Kira Dignam, thank you for sharing your stories with us on the programme. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.